0: Yeah, it's great uh, to be with you guys. Uh, Radiance Church brings greetings to you, and uh, it's uh, good to be a part of the body of Christ all over. Uh, um, We led the church for many years through a lot of different things and a lot of changes, and I handed over to my son, Josiah, uh, over a year ago, and it's been incredible. It's, uh, you know, when we're obedient to the Lord, when we do things at the right time, I'll tell you, God is awesome, and he is, he is faithful. And uh, so people have asked us if we've retired, and uh, we're busier than ever. We're still at, on staff and still elders there. Radiance has been great to be able to partner with Josiah and, and you know, stand behind him and, and give him a push. And um, so it's been a lot of years of, of just great ministry and we've uh, ministered together a lot in in times past. Actually, we um last week we celebrated our 38th wedding anniversary. And um we both uh, forgot it. <laughs> That's we not so, an indication of a mer- our So marriage. I guess we didn't celebrate it, but I mean <laughs> we just both both of us spaced it out and uh but uh, I tell you, God is good, and um, it's just been so great to be able to minister together. A lot of times we do minister together. We learned to do that when we were leading the year, youth years ago, and and stuff. But as we were praying and, and stuff this morning, we felt like we'll just tag team this morning. And uh, so Charlotte's going to uh, start it off, and um, I'll come on and tag after that, and. And we just, let's just pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for our time together. We just pray, Lord God, for you to bring revelation to our hearts and understanding in Jesus' mighty name. That you would just speak to us by your Spirit in the mighty name of Jesus as we submit ourselves to you, Lord, to speak your words, not our own words, but to speak what you would have us to in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Lord God, for it. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. Okay. God is faithful. Amen. And I I have to have these on. I apologize. That's what happens when you get older sometimes. So anyway, I just feel like I have a short little word here that I believe came out of prayer for you and a a little bit of understanding. I didn't come in here totally dark. Marlon asked um, Mark and everything about what the theme had been, what you, what God was saying on some certain issues, and the Lord just gave me a little word that I believe is for you as a people. And uh, I do think it applies to the body of Christ as a whole, but it applies to you as a people, and it's this, it's about having a posture for war while living in peace. How can we have a posture of war but live in peace? So turn in your Bibles to First Peter, okay, chapter one, and we're gonna start with verse five, okay? Now you've got to understand that this is in the context. First Peter is written, he's he's outlined that they are chosen, that they are sanctified, that they're forgiven, that there is past present and future mercy at their disposal, that there is joy in the midst of suffering, that they be a people that are gospel obsessed. That's the context in which he's speaking to them. So he says this in chapter 1, verse 13. Therefore. What is therefore, therefore? Therefore, in other words, because we know We are chosen. We are forgiven. We are sanctified. We are assured of past, present, and future mercy from on high. We are aware that joy is our portion even in the midst of suffering. We are a people obsessed by His amazing gospel. We must do something. Gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children not conforming yourselves to the former lust as in your ignorance but as he who has called you is holy you also be holy in your conduct he says because we are assured of all that Jesus has done for us do something gird up the loins of your mind now that word gird Was a military term. It was a term when they, when they would gird up, when they would go to battle, they would take their skirts and they would draw them up and stick them in their belt so that they wouldn't be encumbered, they wouldn't fall, they wouldn't stumble. It is a posture of readiness. Okay? It's a posture that we stand. We are ready. We are ready for whatever comes. Not when it comes or if it comes, because be assured it will come. Are, are you there? Right? There will be assaults against you, against your mind, against your emotions. Just drive in 4 o'clock traffic and you will be assaulted. Right? I mean, just try it every day. I mean, sometimes you have to fight to get home, right? Especially the I-25 corridor. So many accidents. There's so much stuff. People are so angry, right? You can just put your blinker on, and they'll speed up to make sure you don't get over. You will be assaulted, so we have to do something. We have to gird up the loins of our mind and be sober and rest your hope. Okay, what does it mean to be sober? It's not just talking about not being drunk. It's talking about the word sober means to be watchful, aware, awake. You see, in, first, and in Titus 2, verse 4, it says this, Teach the younger women to be sober. Watchful, Awake. Titus 2.6 says, Likewise, young men, exhort to be sober-minded, watchful, alert, awake. 1 Peter 4.7 says, Be sober and watch unto what? Prayer. And then 1 Peter 5.8, 5, 5, well, you actually can say six if you want, but 1 Peter 5.8 says this, Be sober. Be vigilant, be awake, be watchful, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Now, if you read First Peter 5, 8, and because of time, I'm not going to do it. If you read the context, the context of that passage is talking about humility. He says he gives grace to the humble, right? He gives grace to the humble. Guys, we, when we are assaulted, often do not know what to do. Most of the time we don't, right? And what God has made you to be is a responder to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, not a reactor to the onslaught of the enemy. Okay? It is so imperative that we understand this. Because when stuff is coming at you, what do we want to do? We want to push back, right? Somebody cuts you off, you want to go around them and cut them off. I'm going to use traffic because it's very... I know, my husband, I, I'll, yeah, I'm not going to point any fingers either. Okay? Traffic is a perfect way. I mean, because it's the same principle when we live in traffic... As it is when we live in life. Because there's things that are gonna cut you off. There's things that are gonna surprise you. All of a sudden someone's spinning down the highway in front of you and you are gonna say what? Jesus! Help! Right? It's the same way in life, guys. Don't be surprised when your mind is assaulted. Or your heart is assaulted. It's going to happen. That is why we need to be not carnally minded, but spiritually minded. Romans 8, 6 says, for to be carnally minded is what? What is carnal mind? What does it produce? It produces death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. He goes on in verse 7 to say this, and I mean, mark it down, star it. The carnal mind is what? The enemy of God. And let me tell you something. I don't want to be. I don't want to be on the wrong side, baby. I want to be on the right side. So that means I cannot live in my carnality and my carnal mind. That means when people hurt me, I must forgive. And often I can't do it myself because I am not Jesus, but I am hooked up with Jesus. And I have seen him flow forgiveness through me at times when I was incapable incapable of forgiving those who hurt me. He tells you to bless your enemies. That means that person that's trying to vie their way at work and take your job. Bless them. Do good to them who despitefully use us. Wow. 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 How can we do that? We can do that by resting your hope fully upon the what? The grace that is brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You see, guys, the Bible is extremely clear that the battleground is not out there. Although we do take authority over the enemy, don't get me wrong. I walk, I pray, I prayer walk, I do all that kind of stuff. But really, we are the point of the battle. The battleground is between these two ears. Right? And he tells us that we're supposed to cast down strongholds. Do you know what strongholds are? They're castles that are built in the soil of our mind. And they're fortresses where the enemy dwells in our mind. Yes, we we wage war against principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this age. Yes, I get that. But he also says here that we are then to bring what? Those thoughts into captivity to the obedience of Christ so that we don't react but we respond to the king guys just by living in this world i have thought patterns that are antichrist just by just by being an american just by living in this world cuz i somehow have this opinion of myself that i really can create my own destiny kind of quiet Americans right no 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 we need to partner with this amazing king of kings and lord of lords and then he fashions us and we rest our hope fully not upon well god don't you see I mean I've done this have you done this lord don't you see what I'm doing Don't don't you see? I've been faithful to you. Don't you see, God, everything I've done? I mean, don't I deserve this? No, I don't deserve anything, really. I deserve death. But, you know, who's done that? Who's complained? And guess what? He can handle your complaining. It's better to complain to him than to your husband or your neighbor. Right? So... I mean, I lay it all out there with Jesus. But you know what I find is when I do, I come to this amazing grace and I encounter this amazing Savior and I never forget where I came from and all of a sudden He changes my perspective and and I get in line with Him and then I am responding to what He's telling me to do to this situation rather than reacting to what is happening to me. Guys, it is so important that we get this. Because see, we have to rest our hope fully upon the grace that is brought to us by the revelation of Jesus Christ, the now revelation and the future revelation. And as obedient children, do you know what the word obedience means in the Scripture? When you see obedient or obedience, you know what it means. It's hupakayo. It means to hear. With an intent to do what he says. See, some of us want a word. Oh, I want a word from God. Well, what did we do with the last word from God? Hupakayo means to hear with an intent to obey. I like to say it like this. Hearing with an intent to respond of what he says to do. Because, guys, at the end of the day, it's only by his power. It's only by his grace. And when we do that, and when we approach Jesus with humility, we find something happens. We have a posture of readiness. We are aware. We are sober. We are vigilant. We are watchful. But when we hear him He does something on the inside of us where we live in our heart in peace, even though we have a posture of war. You see, every circumstance, we're to be content. We need to be sitting in the pocket of life that Jesus has planted for us. He wants us as his people to not only be a hearing people, but a responding people. A people that will do what he says at all costs. I said this to someone, and I'm going to close with this. I said this to someone before the service. I had a little word for them over there. And, and I said this, you know what? The best place to be is in the center of God's will. The best place to raise kids is in the center of God's will. My husband did not believe God could raise good kids in the city. We had a very, very, we were a very big inner city work before Denver was cool. And it was a lot of the kids that my kids were exposed to, a lot of things they were exposed to, it was very, very, very messy. But I am here to say that every single one of them is walking with Jesus in a very real, vibrant way. And he still is showing himself strong to them. Because God gave me a promise. He said, Charlotte, if you will follow me, I will take care of your kids. If you will trust me and you will do what I say, I will take care of your kids. And so I'd hold him to it. God, you got to take care of my kids. Because you know what I'm dragging them through. You know. I mean, you, you drug them there and they were they were around a lot of stuff. They were not sheltered kids. And you know what? I have seen God be faithful who promised, who also will do it. I encourage you, hear God. Get in that pocket. Because God himself, in Isaiah 26, 3, and I'm going to close with this. God will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on him. The peace is on the inside. We are led by it. We live in it. And if you don't have peace, you get before Jesus till you get it. You know what I'm saying? When your mind is going crazy and tilt, and something happens that's unexpected, and who's had those surprises? One day, you think you have this much money. The next day, it's all gone. No one predicted 9-11, right? I mean, some of the prophets did, but I mean... One day you have this. The next day you have that. One day you may have a job. The next day you don't have a job. Things happen in life, guys. It's not perfect. But He is perfect. And as we keep our minds stayed on Him, keep our mind in tune with Him, keep our mind stayed on the things of God, and hear Him, He will keep us in perfect peace, no matter what comes. Amen. I did good, Marlon. Fifteen minutes. I was watching the time.
0: Uh, glory. Amen. That's that's good. I would like to take you back to First Peter chapter one, and we'll start with verse three. And I know that, you know, there's in life and in general, I mean, we're always, we're always up against things. We, always, we have to deal with stuff. Life throws us a lot of different curves. And we have to deal with the things of life. But not only that, but as people of God, with the kingdom of God, with a kingdom-minded focus, of the increase of the kingdom, there is a spiritual warfare that goes on. There's a battle that we're engaged in, and the enemy wants to shut you up and shut you down and take you out. And there's always that pressure. But I'll tell you, there is something about walking with God and being faithful to Him that just, you know, gives a spring in your step and purpose in our lives when we follow, when we're followers of Jesus Christ. In First uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. We've got some things to look forward to as believers. But I want to center here on verse 5. Who are kept by the power of God. God, There is a keeping power that God has available to us and for us. That no matter the things we go through, no matter what happens, we are kept by the power of God. And we've got to know that. Being kept by the power of God, it's a military term. That means, that's pictures as sentry, standing guard as protection against the enemy. The keeping power of God guards us and protects us against... The things that the enemy wants to throw at us. We're in a spiritual combat, but it's God's power and God's peace that are our sentinels and our protectors. It's His power that is a protect, and we've got to know that in life. We need to have that revelation of the keeping power of Jesus Christ in our lives and His peace. It's our sentinels, it's our guardians. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. It says, don't be anxious about anything. And when all hell breaks loose, we get anxious, we get frustrated, we get all kinds of things go through our minds. Don't be anxious for about anything, but in, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God that passes our understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy, right? We walk in righteousness. We, we walk in a right standing with God, in, in a relationship with the Lord. We are led by His peace. And through that all, we function and we work in and out of the joy that is there. We walk in righteousness. We're led by His peace and we function in. In his joy. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, it says, And let the peace of Christ rule. Yeah. Not just help you out, but rule your hearts in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen? We are kept by the power of God. As it goes on in verse 5, Through faith. Amen. Kept by the power of God through faith. This is the thing. My life changed when I found out I had authority over the enemy. It just, you know, I could take authority over him and kick him out and I could bring my thoughts into subjection to the Lord because I could take authority. He has given us authority over all principalities and powers, right? And we can use that authority to stand in victory and to to, uh, agree with the Word and tell tell the devil where to go. And it keeps us, all right? But I found out that the battle that we're in and the spiritual warfare we go through and the pulls and the different things that happen to us in the life and the trials and stuff, the fight of the battle lies in the fight of faith. When we're in a battle and a war of any kind, it's a fight of faith. When the trials come, the difficulties life in general, our faith must be genuine. The real deal, not fake, not lip service. Verse seven says this that in the genuineness, actually in verse six, let's go uh, go to, in in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, That the genuineness of your faith, which is, by the way, more precious than gold that perishes even though it's tested by fire. The genuineness of your faith may be found to praise and honor and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now we know that the revelation of Jesus Christ, that's referring to when he comes back again. But still, when we are genuine faith and we are fight the good fight of faith, it's going to give praise and glory and honor to Jesus Christ and bring greater revelation of who He is in our own lives and to others. Many times, because of the genuineness of your faith and because of the fight of faith and you not getting off of the Word of God, it's going to bring a revelation to others of who Jesus is. Not only that, but to our own selves. Because we're always in the place of wanting to know Him better. Amen? And got continual revelation of who Jesus is in our lives. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12 says, Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. And then it says in, in verse 12, Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called. Take hold of it through faith. So many times we need to to take hold of what God has for us. Right? He says, I've given unto you all things that pertain to life and godliness. And the scripture says that we are to take hold of that which Christ Jesus has already got a hold of for us. Fight the good fight of faith. And I'll tell you, there's things that can happen. There's offenses that can go on. I mean, I've seen people wipe out and leave the body and get mad at God and the world and, and because of some stupid offense that they've received. Or there's things that happen in life and, well, it didn't work out and it didn't happen the way I prayed and, all and, 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 oh, this doesn't work. But I'll tell you something. God is faithful. And through the years, man, I've seen the faithfulness of God. Through all the through all the stuff. You know, the scripture says you go through the fire, but you won't be burned. You'll go through the water, but you won't drown. God is faithful to take us through. I found out that all things work together for good to those who love God and are called to us according to His purpose. It's, It's not for everybody. It's for those who love God and are called to according to His purpose that things work out together for good. But nothing is lost. You know, you go through a hard time and you wonder what in the world is going on. Nothing is lost. Even when you mess up yourself and you're in it because of your own stupidity, Nothing is lost with God according to your life. All things will work together for your good. And he'll use those kinds of things to grow you, mature you, strengthen you, teach you, bring revelation of who he is. There is, whatever we go through, there is nothing lost. God doesn't, you know, we might go around into the wilderness, but nothing is lost because God uses that for our good. Of course, the enemy wants to take us out. But God will always bring us through. Let's go to Psalms chapter 121, and this is my uh, go-to. <laughs> this is my go-to psalm for all the things that go on and the battles we face and the warfare that we're in and contending for the things of the kingdom and trying to be obedient to the Lord and keeping our heart right with God. I'll go here to Psalm 121 I lift up my eyes to the hills where does my help come from and the the sense here is is that it indicates a troubled and anxious state of mind mind that's asking where shall i go for help what shall i do I, I don't know what to do. Why is this happening? What's going on here? There can be confusion. And then there's this this statement, My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. There's There's a confidence, yet humble reliance on Him. You're confident in the Lord, but yet there's a humbleness there's a reliance on him knowing that he it, it's all about him it's not about me knowing it's it's him that my help comes from jesus is my answer my help comes from the lord my reliance on him i'm confident in him but i want to stress this humbleness it, it's not about me it's about him and so many times when we get into things it's there's just you know we have these feelings we have and I'm not saying we don't deal with feelings are real I'm not saying we don't deal with them but you but I have all this stuff and it's so easy to get it's all about me it's so easy to get all selfish it's all about how I'm feeling and what's happening to me and why this isn't going right and and what's going on over here and what's happening and I don't understand and where's God at and all that kind of stuff. When we need to put our focus back on the Lord, my help comes from the Lord and I am humble before Him. So many times things start happening and we want to take care of it. We want to do it ourselves. I mean, I'm all about being aggressive and you got to be in there and work and, and fight and, and that kind of thing. But at the same time, there's got to be this this humbleness that's there before the Lord, knowing that it's Him. And when He does help me and we do get the victory, I'm not this man of faith of power for the hour type guy. It's the the Lord who has done it. Amen? I can't take credit for any of it. Because I reach out to Him in faith, and so He does it, and He answers our prayers, and He brings us out in a large place, and then we start strutting around. Hey, man, you know, I'm pretty cool. You know, you need me to have, you know. You know, there's this pride that rises up. And we see it in the body of Christ all the time. We see it from top on down. Ministers right on down to all of us. You know, there's, there's something in us that we want to take care of it ourselves. And man, we can get impatient. And when it's not happening, guess what we want to do? We want to make it happen. And so there's this tension here of being humble before the Lord, be it confident in who He is and the authority that I have through Christ Jesus. Amen? Verse 3. It says... He will not let your foot to be moved or to slip. He makes my feet like hinds feet. In other words, He who keeps you will never slumber. He who keeps you. The Lord is your keeper. Now, if you hold your finger there, we'll go over to Second Samuel, chapter 22. We'll come back. There Second Samuel chapter 22, um, verse starting with verse 29. There's other things we could say about this scripture, but I want to pick it up here, verse 29. And by the way, this same account is in Psalms 18. We could have went to Psalms 18 and got the pretty much the same thing. Okay, but I wanted to take it out of Second Samuel here. He says, For you, you are my lamp, O Lord. The Lord shall lighten my darkness. For you, for by you I can run against a troop. By my God I can leap over a wall. As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven or proven true. He is a shield to all those who trust in Him. When we have the battles of life, there's a lot of good scriptures we can go to, to stand on and be encouraged with. Verse 32: For who is God except the Lord, and who is a rock except our God? God is my strength and power, and He makes my way perfect. In the Septuagint and Vulgate, and some of these ancient Dead Sea scrolls and ancient manuscripts. It, it has this meaning that uh, he who arms me with strength or it is God who sustains me with his strength. We got to know this when we're in, we're in the throes of life. He sustains me with his strength and with his power. Verse 34, he makes my feet like the feet of a deer. In other words, my steps are sure. Even whenever all hell's breaking out around me, my steps are sure because this is a thing. does God lead and can God direct my steps or not? Scripture talks about our steps being directed by the Lord and we can and they're ordered by the Lord. we can trust in him. He is faithful to do that. And he sets me on the high places in verse 35. He teaches or trains my hands to make war. Or he teaches my hands for the war. Because there is a war. There is a battle. So that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have given me the shield of your salvation. Your generation gentleness has made me great. You enlarged my path under me. So my feet would be not slip turn to Habakkuk chapter 3 I'm almost done here Habakkuk chapter 3 and I did a study in Habakkuk one time and man I'll tell you there's so much in this little book it's right before Zephaniah I know it's squished in there between the little ones little books but I want to pick up in verse 17 it's a hymn of faith and this is what Habakkuk was saying he said though the fig tree may not blossom nor the fruit beyond the vines though the labor of the olive may fail and all the fields Yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, oh dang, you say, Oh hell, I just want to cuss. I mean, there nothing nothing is nothing is going right. You know, nothing is happening. It's just you know, I I'll tell you, I've lived through this. And I'll tell you, it's not it's it's not an easy thing. But again, God uses all things for good. And you're just, and nothing is happening, nothing is going anywhere, your prayers aren't, don't seem to be answered, With nothing there, you don't see any fruit, nothing is going, and yeah, I want to make something happen. I'll get out there and make something happen. And then we kind of mess things up, and then we're picking up the pieces, and God has to pick up the pieces, and all that. But I'll tell you, this is the thing. There are times when in a battle or in war or in the the throes of life or things that are going on, we might experience this kind of thing when it's just not there. And then in verse 18 he says, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord and I will joy in the God of my salvation. I'm still going to function in joy. I'm still going to be led by His peace. I'm still going to walk in my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? No matter what happens. I love the, the, the scripture in Job where you know they're accusing Him of all this stuff and, and God has taken all this stuff away and, and all that. And Job, Job says, Though He slay me, I'll yet serve Him. Hes my God. And this is the thing. I mean, and this is, I mean, we know the story of Job. I mean they were looking at the heart of, of Job, what was really in this guy. When we have our heart set on the Lord Jesus Christ, you know heart and a right heart and obedience, hearing God and responding to him equals success. I don't, I don't care what the outside looks like. When my heart is right before God, and I am being obedient to Him, to what I know. And we know that we hear Him perfectly. Sometimes we mess up and all that kind of stuff. But when my heart's right, and I'm being obedient, I don't care what happens, God will fight for you. He's got your back. He'll fight for you, I've seen mess ups of my own making, but because my heart was right, and because I was trying with i mean doing what I knew to do, being obedient to the lord, i mean he it came out it came out great. <laughs> he has my back because my heart is right before I mean David blew it, you know how King David blew. Blue things. I mean he he messed up big times, but what does the scripture talk about him? He had a heart that was after God. He had he had a heart of God. Heart after God. And God has our back. Oh yeah, there's sure we have to live through consequences and that kind of thing, but God will always take us through. <laughs> I will rejoice and I will joy. In the Lord God of my salvation. The Lord is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet, and He will make me walk on my high hills in the higher places. We are seated together in the heavenlies with Christ Jesus. Mm. I just, you know, through the years, I've just seen the keeping power of God. He. He keeps us. He guards he guards us. He's my keeper. Let's go back to Psalms 121 and finish up. In verse In verse uh, 4 says, Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither, neither slumber nor sleep. He talks about being kept six times in this little short chapter. Verse 5, The Lord is your keeper. <laughs> Everybody say that, God's my keeper. He is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day and the moon by night. Speaking of 24-hour protection. The Lord shall preserve you or keep you from all evil. He will preserve or keep your soul. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth even forevermore. I tell you, it gives me great confidence to know that God is my keeper. And when I'm in the throes of it, and when I'm in the battle, and when I'm seeing all this thing we saw in Habakkuk, and and all the things are, are going on, God is my keeper. And our focus stays on the Lord Jesus Christ. And He's faithful to see us through. Of all the years of ministry and all the different things that we've seen and all the things that we've walked through and all the things that we've experienced, God is faithful. And He is our keeper. And one thing we can know, we're all going to make it. Every one of us here, if you're walking with God, I trust you will be walking with God the day you die. He is faithful. He keeps us. He's our strength. He sustains us. And we've got to know that in our everyday lives. And it changes our hearts and our lives.